What's poppin'? Welcome to your health class. Show about helping you lose fat, ditch your comfort zone, and then we're gonna change your generation. So I'm Trevor, health and nutrition coach, and today we've got a little bit different type of show. I'm really excited for this one. And it's getting into some news that um, actually matters. <laughs> so much information going on out there. But I've compiled three articles that I think actually have some good information. Might actually benefit your life a little bit. So let's go from there. But before that, cue that intro. I took my turmeric shot this morning, so I'm feeling pretty swell. Yeah. I've been focused on my health. Yeah. I've been tossing hundred dollar bills down with some wells. Limos in the windows, baby. I can't kiss and tell. Passive in my head, but it's not negative. Spewing on your tray. Thank you for being here with me today. I am excited for this episode because this is kind of really getting at the heart of what this show's about, and it's changing like the conversations we're having. Being able to stop focusing so much on the negativity out there, and we're gonna address some of the negativity. Like, it's hard to find articles that aren't negative. I mean, we got a really good one to start with, but we can at least or some of like the misinformation or how it might be a little bit misleading and leading down the wrong path. And then there's also just some information that we should all be keeping keeping up with and I think you'll find value in it. But if you like this episode, as always, to keep getting this information out there and getting some good conversations going, it's about sharing it. So if you can share it with one person so this movement keeps growing, and uh, we can keep bringing you awesome episodes like this. But let me know what you guys think about this one. I'm excited to give it a try. So the first article we got today is called Diet Tracking and Disordered Eating, Which Comes First? So I'm sure if you've been in the fitness community, following all the fitness TikToks and all that stuff going on out there, you've seen people relating tracking your calories and all the stuff that it takes to get healthy or uh, some of the strategies people are using at least, and claiming that it leads to eating disorders. And from my own personal experience, I know that <laughs> you can get a little little bit obsessive, a little bit compulsive. I don't know if it's really on the full line of eating disorder, as that's uh, really taking it to the next level. But this study really go tries to get after like using calorie counting or like track keeping track of your macros and tracking all your food and logging it, if that's going to directly lead to people developing eating disorders. So this is an important conversation we need to be having in order to make sure that if we're going to be trying to help our health, we're doing it in a healthy way. We're not developing any other problems uh, along the way because this is that'll just keep a never-ending cycle going. So this is a really cool study coming out. And it actually looked at 200 girls, uh, so 200 uh, females in college, and they closely monitored their diet, uh, randomly assigned to one month of diet tracking with MyFitnessPal. Or the control group, they had no intervention, so they just kept eating however they were eating. And what they ended up finding through the study is that there was no significant changes in uh, eating disorder, anxiety, depression, um, 
body dissatisfaction. <laughs> so all these factors that they were looking at, they didn't see any change. So it was great to see like a study come out or highlighted all these things. The study's not perfect, but you can clearly see that in the this context, it was just over the course of a month that no eating habits or anything like that were changed. No disorders or negative eating habits were added in. So you didn't get any negative effects from just going out of your way to track track and log your food, which is fantastic. It's good to know that, that just after a month, you're not going to develop an eating disorder or anything like that. We can get rid of that fear. It's not something you need to be worried about. And like I said, the study's not perfect. Definitely getting a longer period. So more than just one month and a larger sample size is, I think, needed research for the next step to really make sure that this is the truth that we're finding. And, you know, continuing the research and getting more than just females. But what we're really able to take away from this is that adding in calorie tracking or logging your food, you're not going to necessarily need to worry so much in the short term, at least about developing an eating disorder, developing any negative symptoms. Like this is a tool that you can put in your tool belt. This is a tool. What you end up doing with it though is going to be up to you. And what I mean by that is this is something that if you're already predisposed to say an eating disorder, uh, anorexia, bulimia, this is probably not something you should be doing without <laughs> without some good medical supervision there. It's always putting it back in that context because just because the average person is not going to be experiencing this, understand when you're predisposed to something like you're you're going to want to watch out. Don't just jump into this haphazardly. But understanding where you're at and this might be something that could be beneficial for you going forward. Now moving on to the next article that I came across this week. Oh boy. So this was in the Wall Street Journal. Um, don't work out with COVID-19 at the gym or anywhere else. Because this is the messaging that we need out there right now with an obesity epidemic that gets worse every year. is telling people to stop working. But giving this article a little bit more context, it's specifically talking about not doing vigorous exercise if you're feeling really bad or really sick, but also even if you're asymptomatic or have very mild conditions, not going to the gym, but they're also not recommending any sort of exercise. They're they're just like light chores around the house and that's about it. (laughs) That's that's the extent of what they're recommending. And then taking the next like six to seven weeks to slowly ramp everything back up. And don't get me wrong. They were completely right when they said, if you start doing exercise and you start feeling a pain in your chest to stop. But I'm really hoping that we all knew that if you got chest pains while working out, we knew to go see a doctor already. (laughs) So, of course, go see a doctor if you have chest pains while working out. But taking out all exercise, of course, if you're having extremely severe symptoms, 
you're going to need to relax, like let your body recover a little bit, but also completely becoming sedentary. Like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either, especially in the context of Omicron and in the context of this huge obesity epidemic we got going on. Like Omicron that I just had it last week. The symptoms don't feel great, but during the times I was like laid out on the couch, of course, I'm not working out. I'm not going to the gym or anything like that. But as my body started to feel better, getting up and going for walks every day and just the the amount of studies that show that when you're sick, getting fresh air, getting sunlight, getting a little bit of movement, how much that can boost your immune system. That's what we should be promoting. <laughs> when we have an obesity epidemic going on and we're telling people to just stop working out and then putting time frames in there like six to seven weeks to just start reintroducing exercise and keeping it super, super light. Especially if you're asymptomatic and two years into this whole nonsense. And also, with sickness has been around a lot longer than COVID. We know that as you're starting to get better, incorporating some more exercise, some more movement, is just going to help your body out more. For instance, your lymphatic system requires movement in order to get all the toxins out of your body. So that's the system right below your skin that's moving toxins around, getting all that stuff out. But it doesn't have a pump like your veins do or like your blood does. Your lymphatic system requires you to move. So your body, while it's fighting this infection, is going to be creating all sorts of byproducts, all sorts of stuff that you need to get out. And that's going to require you to move. Like some of those things require you to move. So just sitting around for six, seven weeks? No. No, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Getting some movement in is going to be more beneficial. And again, like you don't need to go out and do some crazy... uh, CrossFit workout where you're completely pushing yourself to the limits and you can't walk afterwards. That is not what we're talking about. We're just talking about get up, go for a walk, get a little bit of time outside. Don't just stay locked up in the house, especially uh, with all the windows closed, without uh, some fresh air coming in. Like All these little things, they start to add up and help your immune system. So make sure you're not just giving up on all your health goals, like just being like, oh, I'll start next week or next, the week after that. You're a little sick. What can you do to keep these habits going? So, I mean, that was, that was pretty much my goal. Like, obviously, I'm not doing the 75 hard while I'm passed out on the couch. But the second I'm starting to feel better, I can go for a walk. I'm a little tired afterwards. But also, as I'm recovering, I'm feeling better each and every day. Whereas when I wasn't doing anything like that, you just, sit there and feel feel gross feel awful (laughs) so stay within the range that you're capable of but we can't be afraid to do any sort of exercise we can't be afraid to go for a walk this adding fear and confusion because let's be real the average american right now is not having problems not working out (laughs) they don't need to be told to not work out and this really just contributes to adding an excuse in there Because now you have the excuse of, oh, I don't need to work out. 
But if you just listen to your body a little bit, if you're dying on the couch, listen to your body, even the slightest bit, you're going to realize you, you can't work out even if you want to. <laughs> really need to keep it in context of if this is what they're advising you like what how much are they actually caring about your health and uh that's something we got to be very careful of and again i'm gonna link all these articles down in the description so if you want to go check these out for yourself but let's roll into the third article and this one uh Pfizer to roll out Omicron shot in March. This was published earlier this week. So Omicron became present within the last couple weeks, and they've already got the vaccine ready to roll out in March, which is mind-blowing. And so this article is really going through acknowledging that how Omicron is really overtaking all the other COVID variants, we can also see that the evidence that this is becoming more endemic and not nearly as severe and speaking from it, speaking from having it last week, I didn't feel great, but it felt like I got a cold. And this is obviously not going to be everybody's experience, but seeing pretty much everybody else around me fall and get sick too. That's what I'm saying from my thing. So it's just like from my perspective right now, adding in another vaccine is just mind blowing. Because <laughs> if you had it, now you're going to try and force me to get a vaccine, get a booster shot for something I've already had. What's the point? <laughs> so going into this article a little bit more, it's research shows that COVID shots cease to provide any protection against Omicron. 30 days post-injection, and at 90 days, offer negative protection, actually making you more prone to Omicron infection, which is insane. And this article really ends with a quote by Professor Andrew Pollard, and he's head of the UK's Committee on Vaccination and Immunization. Um, so he actually helped with the Oxford AstraZeneca shot and he said this on January 3rd 2022 we can't vaccinate the planet every four or six months is not sustainable or affordable this is a I'm glad that somebody this high up in the UK's uh, vaccine protocol is finally acknowledging this because we're going to go on a never ending cycle here soon where Every four to six months, there's a new variant. People get a little cold, well, especially in cold and flu season. I guess we forgot about that. But people are going to get a little cold, and now we're going to have a new vaccine for it. But again, if you've already had the cold, what is this new vaccine going to add to you? The whole point is getting immunity to it, getting those uh, immune cells so you're better able to fight it. But if you've already fought it, it's not going to do a whole lot. If anything, <laughs> but what really, this really makes me realize on Pfizer's end is that if they were to stop and look at how, how the health outcomes are for this. And from what I've seen so far, I'm sure you guys have seen is this one's not nearly as serious. 
not nearly as many people are dying. The numbers are in the handfuls of last time I was able to see numbers on it. But we're rolling out another vaccine already. So why? Like That's what it makes me think. So to me, this sounds like we're starting to get more into we're doing this for money. I mean, I've been thinking Pfizer's been doing that for a while now, but now it's becoming just more and more obvious that they don't have our best interests in mind. When there's this much financial gain, they don't care about you. They don't care about me. This is about padding the bottom line. And I hope that's all that's all it's about. I hope it's just about the money and there's not any more like nefarious purposes here. Don't want to get into Dr. Doom or anything like that. But isn't it wild that this this has been out for just a couple of weeks now? This very variant? We've already got a vaccine, already got a plan to push it out. It's just people, we gotta start using our common sense like these people do not care about us, and just the fact of having to support them, and then there's the other side of it. What's going on in the government is, if I've already had the Omicron variant, I've already got immune cells to what's going on there, am I going to have to get another shot, even though I've already got the benefits from that, because That doesn't scream like the government cares about me. The screen's that the government wants more control over me. That they want to be able to do what they want to do. And if I don't go by their rules, oh, well, you're not going to get get the stamp on that vaccine passport. (laughs) So let's hope that this does not keep going down this route. But let's be open to the fact that if they truly cared about us, We'd be following what the science says, all of the science in quotes, saying that this is not going to be any worse for you than a cold or a flu, especially if you're taking care of yourself and going outside and getting a walk in while you're sick instead of just sitting on the couch the entire time, especially if you're asymptomatic. So maybe keep taking care of yourself. This agenda is not lining up that they care about actually getting you healthy. Uh, putting these two articles together, like this is creating a narrative of let's keep them fat, <laughs> let's keep them sick, and not actually help them build a real immune system. Not have their bodies be able to fight something, but have them dependent on the next vaccine we have rolling out. Even though... Omicron to spread far beyond, uh, far beyond that. Like, with how effective it is, what do you think? Does this raise any red flags to you? Is this something that you'd be worried about? Because this is the stuff that starts to starts to get me thinking. In the fact of it does not seem what the mainstream media is saying with articles like this and then what companies are doing and what the government is probably lined up to do. But let's stay here in the facts of the fact that they're rolling out this vaccine. So at least Pfizer and all these other companies out there don't care about me. They don't care about my health. So 
let's take control of our own health. I mean, we know now at least they don't have any excuse now to not not count your calories or use my fitness pal. Not, we're not worried about developing any eating disorders from that. So let's take control of our own health. If we keep that control, that's going to allow you to lose fat. That's going to allow you to get out of your comfort zone. Then we can make a positive change on this generation. Instead of, I don't want to see this world that if everybody followed this advice, we're not working out, we're just vaccinations every three to four months till infinity, that, that doesn't sound like living to me. But what do you think? All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. And if you like this episode, please make sure to share it and we can bring some more uh, article-driven episodes like this. But in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.